Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week you can count on me to explore current events from a pathetic and biblical worldview. I'm exceedingly grateful God has provided us with his written word or his logos word, the Bible, and that he speaks to us personally through his prophets with what's known as the rhema or the spoken word. The Apostle Paul was clear that all of us who are Christians can speak prophetic words. However, not all of us who prophetically speak hold the office of a prophet. If you don't know about me, I've been serving in ministry since the early 90s when I had the privilege of teaching the Bible and working with leaders for an independent, interdenominational, international Bible study known as Community Bible Study. The training and experience I received from that organization has greatly benefited me all the years I've been in ministry. After establishing and teaching that class for about seven years, I began receiving invitations to speak and teach for Christian organizations from coast to coast, which has also opened up doors for me to present pertinent messages in corporate settings. Early 2002, I had the distinct opportunity to audition to be the host for a radio show in the greater Los Angeles market. Rich Bueller, who was dubbed as the father of Christian talk radio, was a friend of mine, and he became my mentor for radio. In fact, I'm pleased to say I was the only person Rich ever offered to train for radio. He's since gone home to be with the Lord, but to this day, I enjoy when his wife, Diane, actually refers to me as Rich's protege. I didn't get the job, but a relentless desire to host radio was birthed. Several months later, I started my own two-hour weekly radio show on KBRT, reaching all of Southern California, and I absolutely loved it. Then in 2004, I completed Biola University's Apologetics Certificate course, officially branding me as a Charismatic Apologist, a title I rather like. Then in 2005, I did land a job in radio in San Francisco with a daily evening drive-time talk show. With that show, I covered politics, religion, and pop culture, and this is where my deep-seated desire to discern the times through current events was realized. And while many people through the years told me I would be an author, I always resisted it. I knew writing books was exceptionally labor-intensive, and so it was the farthest thing from my radar. Then in 2012, I happened to read an article by ABC News with the title, Americans are Surprisingly Flexible About Matters of Religious Faith. I expected I'd read that we don't mind having people from all different religions living in the United States. I mean, that's in keeping with our Constitution. But that's not what I read. Instead, I learned that people were taking tenets of different religions in a mix-and-match style and creating a so-called religious faith of their own. The article cited several prominent men and women leaders who boasted about their religious beliefs. And it outraged me. Not only were these influential people creating a faith of their own preference, they were encouraging others to do the same. Not only did this mean they were deceived about matters of truth and religious faiths, they were creating a worldview that was entirely inconsistent with reality. And it broke my heart. I had to do something. So I set out to write what I thought would be an op-ed piece. But while I was writing, I heard God whisper it would be a book. And I was on a mission to correct the gross misconceptions with my fingers flying on the keyboard. And I replied to God without the least bit hesitation, Okay, God. Then, while I was writing the book, I heard God whisper it'd be more than one book. And again, in the fever pitch of the moment, while writing, I said, Okay, God. Today, there are now six books in my Faith to Live By series, and I'm pleased to say they have all won at least one award, and the reviews and endorsements are truly gratifying. My books have been endorsed by Josh McDowell, Dr. Craig Hazen, Dan Story, Dr. Charles H. Kraft, Dr. Richard Land, Mike Bickle, Dr. Corey Miller, Dr. Heidi Baker, Bob Dudko, Dr. James Gall, Michael Broder, and Bill Johnson, among others. 
All my books are Christian nonfiction and are written to help people gain confidence in knowing the truth, understanding Christianity in contrast to all other religions, and to learn how to best apply the Christian faith to actually experience the freedom and victory Christ died to give us. So much of my focus is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth and experience all the hope truth provides. The hope Christianity provides is not wishful thinking or a vague desire for a particular outcome. No, Christianity, unlike all other religious beliefs, offers a certain hope that is a confidence that what we believe is absolutely true and will win in the end without any compromise. If you or people you know are confused about what to believe, if you're having an unrelenting desire to experience more in life, if you can't shake the thoughts that there must be a greater purpose in life than what you've experienced, I'm your advocate. I will help you discover and live in truth, and not just truth, but the power and the authority that placing your faith in Jesus provides. Today's podcast takes a realistic look at the destructive efforts for a one-world order and some of the devastating outcomes should the elite succeed. You'll hear claims made by Biden and others in support of the One World Order and from my guest, Alex Newman, as he explains the desired outcomes of proponents for a One World Order. You will also hear from respected prophets to know what you can do to remain in God's protection. I ask you to listen prayerfully to gain wisdom and insight for the very bleak days ahead, which God promises to redeem on behalf of his children. I'm sure you'll agree every person alive today has been living in the greatest times of uncertainty ever. I don't believe there's ever been a time in the history of the earth where all the people of the world were subjected to the depths of deception and evil we have endured, especially since early 2020. That's certainly not to say the evil corruption we're experiencing today began in early 2020. No, it's been forming and developing and advancing for thousands upon thousands of years. Those of us who were and are not part of the organized evil, who were intentionally kept from knowing about the evil plans, and who were not just ignorant, but willingly ignorant to the advancement of evil, as I discussed last week, because of our short-sighted carnal desires, meant we were ripe for accepting and perpetuating the lies and deception, and we are finally now waking up to the truth, and we find ourselves shocked to the core. We have to understand the nature of deception means the victim is unaware of their condition. Deceived people will continue to unwittingly embrace deceptions and even encourage others to do likewise, just like the people I read about in the article by ABC News. The vast majority of the people of the world have been living in a woefully deceptive state and have inadvertently participated to allow evil to flourish. At this point, God, the creator of all that exists, whom many people don't believe in, has been exposing all manner of corruption to shock people out of their self-induced deception and into finally and abruptly discovering truth. The only way deception can be broken is by abrupt and harsh means. People who are deceived think that they are operating their lives on the basis of truth. Simply politely suggesting they are deceived will cause them to point their fingers back at you with claims that you are the one deceived, and they'll label you as a conspiracy theorist. I am among those I refer to as the truthers in the trenches who have been tirelessly working to help people discover truth, to come out of their deceptive comas. I've been working in partnership with God, who in 2019 made clear he was done with the unchecked advancement of evil. He was done with his children being woefully naive and horribly harmed in the process, with their freedoms and rights being removed as truth was suppressed. Beginning early 2020, God has intervened as never before in world events, 
to expose all manner of evil and corruption to deal with it. And this year, 2022, is the year we will see, and in fact, it's already happening. God is bringing judgment against evil, beginning with the church. So governments and nations are realigned with truth and reestablished by God. Look around you. Consider the overwhelming events since early 2020. Consider how what were once called conspiracy theories are now being proven to be true in rapid succession today. We now know a self-appointed group of elite people seek tyrannical control over the masses. We now know the same group of people have been planning and organizing their takeover for decades upon decades, involving some of the most prominent and influential leaders of the world. We know their plans include creating various crises to keep us in fear and compliant and looking to them to solve the world's problems, which they manufactured, that include climate warming, pandemics, and wars. We know these people don't believe God exists, or they mistakenly believe the power they serve is able to overcome God. We know these people consider other humans entirely dispensable and use them for their own selfish gains only to dispose of them when their perceived usefulness is gone. We know these people are motivated by power, money, and sex, proven with the human trafficking, money laundering, drug cartels, bioweaponry, and tyrannical controls that are currently being revealed. We also know, whether they realize it or not, these people have worked for hundreds of years in secret, influenced by Satan, to create a one-world order by incrementally dissolving the sovereignty of the nations, and they have become so intoxicated with their own plans they are now openly declaring their objectives. We know all of this because God has graciously been revealing truth to us since early 2020. God has been revealing himself so that those who will choose to align themselves with him through faith in Christ will be saved and spared devastation, whereas those who continue to reject God will receive their own fate based on their own choices. The time has come, and this year, 2022, is the year we will see God's judgment. The evil the self-appointed elite have planned for the masses will and in fact has already begun to turn back upon them. In Hosea 4.6, God declares, My people perish for lack of knowledge. What we must discern from our present time is God is no longer willing for his people to be ignorant, lacking in knowledge. While the majority of people worldwide have trusted their government to have their best interest in mind, on March 28, 2022, we heard the man who has assumed the office of the President of the United States clearly speak about the efforts for a one-world order and how he wants the United States to lead the way. You can listen to hear him in his own words from the link in the show notes. His statement should come as no surprise to those who've been paying attention. In 1992, then-Senator Biden wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal titled, How I Learned to Love the New World Order. Understand. Biden was also on the European Affairs Subcommittee for the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. The article made an appeal to the broadening of the United Nations and NATO purviews. Then, 11 years later, at an Export-Import Bank conference, Biden said, quote, The affirmative task we have now is to actually create a new world order, because the global order is changing again, end quote. The effort to dissolve the sovereignty of the United States has been underway for many decades. As I shared last week, George H.W. Bush and many other presidents since have openly supported a one-world government. They've been selling our nation out. They've been selling the American people out. 
There's an eye-opening video on YouTube that provides a compilation of the leaders all promoting a new world order, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. It's crazy how the self-appointed elite are actually disclosing their objectives, and at the same time, mainstream media continues to declare any efforts for a new world order as the daft imaginations of conspiracy theorists. I'm grateful, once again, to have Alex Newman as my guest to help us understand the wicked plans that have been perpetuated against us so we can be armed with the truth. I pick up my interview with Alex from last week. If you didn't hear that interview, I highly recommend you stop now to listen to it before you continue with this podcast. And I will add here an important disclaimer. Neither Alex nor I provide any professional advice of any kind. What you hear on this podcast is for information purposes only. We recommend you use the information you learn from my podcast to consult with qualified experts when making any decisions or taking any action for your own life and or resources. Now, here's my interview with Alex focusing on current events and the world economy. You know, it's tragic what's happening in Ukraine. I mean, people are being maimed, killed, children. It goes on and on. I I can barely put my mind around it. I don't like thinking about it, but it's true that these people are being war-torn. If I'm not mistaken, wars have intentionally been created throughout history to promote economy of some sort. And I know that with this effort for a one world order, there has to be a mechanism already in place, an effort already in place for a one world currency or a central bank of some sort. How can you help us understand that? Yeah, there is and there has been for a very long time. Uh, In fact, the the dream of a one world currency stretches back uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Uh, And and at one time, you know, when when gold and silver kind of served as as money around the world, we did have a global currency in a sense, but that was a legitimate global currency. That was a currency that had value because it had inherent value, not because some government was printing it and then using force and, and violence to uphold the value of that currency. So uh, right now, as I mentioned, we're in this process of transition from the unipolar world order to a multipolar world order. And part of that is going to involve the uh, destruction of the US dollar as the global reserve currency. And I think it'll probably be a very sudden event. Um, and, and it may come soon. I mean, uh, it may be not tomorrow, but it may come in the next few weeks, the next few months, uh, certainly, I think, in the next few years. And that process is going to be catastrophic for anybody holding large amounts of U.S. dollars, anybody holding a significant percentage of their wealth in U.S. dollars, and uh, and especially for the U.S. economy. Uh, it is going to be absolutely devastating to the U.S. economy. We produce very little now in the United States. Um, the, the vast majority of our consumer goods are, are coming from China and from other places. And uh, we rely on the purchasing power of our dollar to be able to import all that. We've got ships coming in from around the world, dropping off goods here, and then leaving empty. That literally leaving empty, going to fetch more goods and then bringing them to America. Well, right now that'll work because people need dollars because the U.S. dollar is uh, the global reserve currency. Every treasury, every central bank in the world needs to keep at least some portion of its reserves in U.S. dollars, and that's partly because oil has uh, since the the late nineteen or the early nineteen seventies, excuse me, when the dollar was formally taken off the gold standard, has been traded almost exclusively in U.S. dollars, thanks to agreements that were put into place at that time. Uh, that's how it got to be known as the petrodollar. But what we're witnessing right now with uh, the sanctions that were put on Russia uh, is a, a restructuring of that monetary system. Uh, we have now Russia just uh, in the last few days announced that they were willing to take Bitcoin in exchange for oil. 
We have uh, the Russians and the Chinese uh, developing new international financial systems, like an alternative to the SWIFT system. Uh, we see very significant oil producing nations expressing a willingness to take currencies other than the U.S. dollar and payment for oil. And uh, at some point, uh, and, and, you know, there, there will not be an advance warning for Americans. Uh, the elites will have plenty of time to get their, their wealth out of dollars and into something that will not only hold its value, but probably do very well. But your average American uh, is going to wake up one day and find out that uh, the U.S. dollar has lost its position as the global reserve. Dollars will come flooding into this country from all over the world as everybody tries to ditch their dollars as quickly as possible. Uh, I think it may be an unprecedented event in human history. You know, we've seen hyperinflation in places like Zimbabwe and places like Venezuela, uh, and that was uh, due primarily to an explosion in the supply of their currency. Uh, so we have in the United States not only an explosion in the supply of currency that Congress and uh, the Federal Reserve has have conspired together along with the presidency to print trillions of dollars and trillions and trillions of dollars for each of these last few crises for the economic crisis in 2008-2009, uh, more recently for the COVID. Uh, they have just drastically expanded the currency supply. And in tandem with that, we have had uh, a destruction of our supply chain, right? So now we have more and more currency chasing less and less goods. And, and then when you factor in this additional complication of all these dollars that are being held abroad right now by governments, by treasuries, even by individuals and businesses, all flooding back into the United States, uh, I think we're going to see uh, just an, a devastation of the U.S. economy and it may make the Great Depression look mild by comparison. And so from that, from the, the wreckage of that old system uh, is going to emerge a new system. Now, there may be a, a period of transition in between. And, and, you know, this is all what the globalists are planning. Uh, God is obviously sovereign. God can intervene at any time. He could, he could quash this plan in a moment if he chooses to. But what the, the globalist elites are planning, and this is not my speculation, it's not even my opinion, mm -hmm. uh, this is what they have publicly said themselves, is that we're going to be moving ultimately to a one world currency system managed by the International Monetary Fund. Uh, again, th this dream has been alive uh, at least since the end of World War II in its current form. Uh, they, they established, a, a, they, they call it a reserve asset called uh, the Special Drawing Rights. And it's, it's a needlessly complex name, but you can really think of it just as a global currency backed by a basket of national currencies. So the US dollar is part of that basket, the Japanese yen, the euro, the British pound. Uh, now even the, the Chinese yuan is part of that since uh, that happened a few years ago that the Chinese yuan was included in that basket. And the IMF is already printing massive quantities of this. In fact, during the COVID crisis caused mostly by governments, they printed more SDRs and they showered these SDRs on governments than they had printed in all of the entire history of the IMF over a period of 60 years. They printed more than that in just two years. And so what's happening, the IMF is behaving very much like the privately owned central banks of the world. They're creating new currency out of nothing, which is in effect stealing money from everybody who holds that currency. And then they're showering it on their cronies, primarily governments, dictatorships. Iran got a bunch, you know, all kinds of people got a bunch of this new currency that the uh, IMF printed. And um, they have been planning to make this transition for a long time. And they have the full support of the highest levels of the power structure in the United States. Nobody should think that the U.S. government is trying to stop this. In fact, I have a video of the Secretary of the Treasury during the Obama administration. Uh, I call him Timothy TurboTax Geithner because when he got caught not paying his taxes, he blamed TurboTax. Uh, so Timothy TurboTax Geithner was asked at the Council on Foreign Relations about a communist Chinese central bank proposal to uh, move away from the dollar as a global reserve and to shift into an international currency managed by the IMF, at least for international exchange. 
And uh, Timothy TurboTax Geithner responded, and uh, the dollar tanked immediately when he said this, but we're actually quite open to that idea. So they are not only quite open to that idea, they are they are bringing that idea to pass. Uh, the same people that were running the Obama administration are currently running the Biden administration, and that's their ultimate objective. Uh, I think it'll probably be a rather sudden transformation. And I think uh, Americans who are holding large amounts of U.S. dollars in cash would be wise to at least move some of that into something else. You know, you mentioned Bitcoin, and of course, that's a form of cryptocurrency. And the mechanism behind cryptocurrency, as I understand it, is called blockchain. And I have seen the propensity, or I should say the potential, maybe, of blockchain being the mechanism behind not only global currency, but digital IDs and the process of actually removing our freedoms, as Klaus Schwab wants to say, that we will own nothing and we'll be happy. I think that's coming, Pam. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. And very few people understand this right now. But I think blockchain, uh, blockchain is going to end up being one of the technological tools that facilitates a totalitarian society. You know, blockchain was originally portrayed as this kind of liberating technology that was going to set us free from the centralized control of the mega banks through things like Bitcoin. Uh, when in reality, I think just the opposite is true. Uh, what happens with the blockchain is that that information is permanently stored on the blockchain. It can never be altered because you'd have to have the cooperation of all these computer systems all over the world. And once it's in there, it's in there permanently, Same, it's, it's just like with Bitcoin. And so uh, there are already very advanced discussions and research on using this for digital identification, for using this to keep track of your education credentials, right? You you get uh, some, you take some kind of class and you something goes on the blockchain to show that you uh, now have this alleged skill or area of expertise. And I think uh, we see right now central banks all over the world, uh, and this is being coordinated at the highest levels, the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank for central banks based in Basel, Switzerland, uh, and also the IMF are helping to coordinate this, um, this rollout of central bank digital currencies all over the world. And so I don't know what will happen with Bitcoin. I don't know whether it's a good idea to invest in Bitcoin. I, I own a little bit, um, although I'm very weary of it. But I, I think the, the push to use blockchain technology, um, not just for a digital currency operated by a central bank and potentially even a global currency, but eventually for keeping track of everybody, for keeping track of your health status, your education status, your political views, very much along the lines of the social credit system in China, um, is, is not hypothetical. In fact, it's very real. And if you read the research papers that these people put out, that is their eventual plan. Alex, we've discussed a lot, and for many people who are just waking up to these truths, it can be overwhelming. I know even in my research and study, I've had to take a break. I've had to stop, take a break, go to prayer, and regroup so that I can get back to it, because my whole objective with this show, with this podcast, is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth. Now, we know we've been lied to right and left by mainstream media and government and medical science, and on and on it goes. And finding these truths that we must understand so that we know how to respond as God's people are essential. Finding these truths is an essential aspect of what we must be doing as children of God to see his kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. With all of that said, what would you like to say to help encourage my listeners and fortify us to not give up no matter how bleak things look? Yeah, thank you, Pam. And I think that's one of the most important things we could be discussing. And just today, I was on a prayer call reading through uh, Psalm 91, and uh, it's, it's so beautiful. Now, 
Psalm 91 is not a guarantee of protection. It doesn't mean that we're just going to be totally fine while the whole world is crashing and burning around us. In fact, um, our Lord taught us that all those who live righteously in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted. So I think we should expect persecution. In fact, persecution is almost a validation that we're doing the things that our Lord and our King and our Savior has called us to do. And so if we are being persecuted, if people are saying mean things about us, in, in my opinion, that's a good sign. Uh, because it means that, uh, hey, we must be doing what God called us to do. We must be following Jesus Christ because he told us that if we followed him, this was what was going to happen. And so, uh, you know, we, we've gotten really comfortable in America. We've gotten used to this religious liberty that we've enjoyed. We've gotten used to living in a society founded on biblical principles. But that may change very, very quickly. And the reality is, you know, scripture teaches clearly that Satan is running around the world like a roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. In fact, the, the Bible repeatedly refers to Satan as the god of this world. Second um, uh, Corinthians in chapter 4 describes Satan as the god of this world and says he's blinded the minds of them which believe not. And unfortunately, that is the majority of the people on this planet. But uh, fear is the wrong response to this. There's no reason for God's adopted children to be fearful. First of all, I want to point out that this is not a new phenomenon. It looks new to us because we haven't been paying attention and because our pastors haven't been preaching the whole counsel of God, but it's not new. Uh, if you go back to Psalm 2, verse 2, you'll find that even back then in David's time, thousands of years ago, the kings of the earth were conspiring together against the Lord and his anointed one. And then we can see how our father in heaven reacts to that. He laughs at them. He ridicules them. Uh, so that's very encouraging. Um, we know that we've, we've not been given the spirit of fear or cowardice, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Uh, we do have specific instructions for how to deal with these things. And James 4, 7, we, we learn that we should submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from us. Um, that, that's very clear. So uh, in, in, um, in Paul's writings, in, in his letter to the Ephesians, he says that, that we should be having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That's been my motto as a journalist all these years. Uh, no fellowship with them, right? They, they're, they're making evil plans. They're, they're enriching themselves by looting widows and, and, and trafficking in orphans. Well, we should have absolutely no fellowship with that. We should have nothing to do with that. We should come out of Babylon. Uh, and, and then we have a clear instruction. It's almost a, a job description for, for God's people. We should expose them or reprove them. So that's a, a very, very clear command for how we should be dealing with this. We have an obligation to not be ignorant of it. In fact, Paul says we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. So if you're ignorant of Satan's devices, you ought to ask yourself why. Um, you need to be opening up the word of God and you need to see what uh, Satan is up to, all the while recognizing that Satan is not some kind of equal to God. This is not a, a, an even battle, and we're just going to kind of see who wins, right? Uh, Satan is already defeated. It, it, it's over for him. Maybe he just doesn't quite realize it yet, although I suspect he does. Uh, we know that we're in a spiritual battle, and uh, we know that God's given us clear instructions for this spiritual battle. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, there's just point by point what we should be doing, right? Uh, you're supposed to take the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So that, there you go. The enemy's launching uh, fiery darts at you. That's all right. You've got the shield of faith to deal with that. Uh, we know we have an offensive weapon as well. Of course, that's the sword of the spirit. Uh, that's the word of God. It says that explicitly. We, uh, we can also take heart in that we know that nations are going to be here until the end, right? Uh, you, you can read uh, Revelation. You can read in Isaiah that uh, this globalist plot is not going to succeed in the sense that nations will remain here 
until the end. They're not going to successfully destroy nations. And uh, that's nations are God's design for the world. In fact, God specifically commanded people to spread out across the whole earth. They defied him. They built this big tower. And so he confused their languages. Uh, and God says in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, he created nations. You know, for people who who look at these deep staters or insiders or whatever you want to call them, these, these weirdos uh, whose commander in chief is Satan that are trying to build this uh, counterfeit satanic version of a one world government, you really need to stop focusing on them and how much power you think they have and how much money. Oh, my goodness, they control all the media and they control all the governments. That's quite all right. God doesn't need the media. God doesn't need the governments. In fact, God laughs at these things. And uh, there's so many accounts from the Bible that just drive this point home. Uh, if you go to Judges chapter seven, you read the story of Gideon and uh, Gideon is this nobody. And God's like, hey, I'm going to use you. What, what, what do you mean me? You know, I'm like, I'm like the worst. Yeah, I'm, I'm the smallest. How, no way. Uh, and God says, no, you're going to be perfect. Uh, and he's got this army of like 30 something thousand people. And God's like, no, that's, that's way too many people. We need to whittle that down quite a bit. So why don't you send all the cowards home first? You know, did some 20 something thousand leave. Uh, he's got 10,000 left. He wills down that army to 300 men. And then um, in the end, those 300 men, with God's help, of course, end up crushing this massive Midianite army in a way that just would have been inconceivable to a normal person thinking with a, with a human brain. Um, but that's how God likes to do things. Um, and then in uh, 2 Kings in chapter 19, there's this fascinating story of the Assyrian army was coming against God's people. And it was a massive army, I think 185,000 people. And God dispatched one angel. One angel was all it took to completely destroy an army of 185,000 people. So yeah, the deep state's got a lot of money. They've got a lot of control over all the media, but uh, God could dispatch one angel and put a stop to it in a moment. Uh, we know that all of God's enemies are going to be made into a footstool. Uh, we know that uh, the gates of hell are never going to prevail against the church. So when, when people tell you that the church is going to be destroyed, oh no, 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 it's not <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So I, I encourage people to just read your Bible. Everything you need to know about what we're dealing with, about what's going to happen, about how we should respond to these things is written in the word of God. Uh, rely on the Holy Spirit to guide you. And don't be scared. Just do what you're supposed to be doing and leave the rest up to God. Absolutely. You know, you're bringing out something that I have just been marveling at lately is how much of the Old Testament is providing us encouragement in these present days. It's absolutely almost almost mind-blowing, but God put all this in the Old Testament for us to draw from, to glean from, so that we can have the courage that we need in these very days. Alex, I want to thank you again so much for helping us not only make sense out of this from a political, government, uh, maybe an educational point of view, but most importantly, from our Christian point of view. Well, I want to thank you for having me on, Pam. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for your podcast and um, looking forward to staying in touch. Just I uh, can't thank you enough. Keep up the great work and God bless you. As Alex mentioned, the day before I actually interviewed him on March 24, 2022, Biden signed an executive order to explore digital currency. I have a link for you to see in the show notes. Now, here's why I'm prayerfully seeking the Lord in greater earnest, because I know fear is of the enemy and never from God. Alex spoke of the fall of the dollar. Mike Adams from the Health Ranger Report has also spoken extensively about the fall of the dollar. I trust both these highly educated men tremendously. At the same time, I'm aware of the prophetic words 
God has given us about restoring the U.S. dollar to a gold standard. God spoke through Julie Green on this topic, and you can watch the video of her giving this prophecy with the link in the show notes. To encourage you in this moment, part of the prophetic word was, quote, America, I am bringing you back to my gold standard. It was taken from you so they could manipulate and pull you down in every way so as to destroy this nation with the immense debt which they thought you could never recover from. Yes, the puppet masters used debt to bring this nation to its knees. Little did they know I am draining their accounts and the world's economies. I'm giving it to its rightful owners, my children. I'm even wiping out all the debt in this nation. Yes, I'm wiping it all out like it was never there. Don't be moved by the numbers and how large the debt is, my children. That is nothing to me. I have more money on this earth than you know. I will show my children where there is more gold to mine. I hid away silver and jewels until this hour in order to hand it over to my children. Yes, I hid it from the evil ones who would have used it against you. Call it in, my children. This is all for you. My children, brace for the impact that is coming. Just brace yourselves for all the truth that is coming out. These are the days of truth, and the avalanche of truth has begun. My children, you are getting back your nations, but more blessed and better than they ever were. Receive, my children. Receive the gifts I am raining down on you in this hour, saith the Lord of hosts. Earlier, I clearly provided a disclaimer regarding this podcast that neither I nor my guest offers any professional advice of any kind. I do, however, recommend you get in prayer before the Lord and let Him give you advice. I know the first thing He will say to you is, do not fear. The second thing He will say is, trust me. Alex said to us, we must keep our eyes fixed on God and what God has said He will do, and not get caught up in the potential future based on man's projections. With all God has said through his trusted prophets, I believe God will and has already begun to put a stop to all the evil advancements toward a one-world government. And this includes God's provision for our individual, personal finances. We need to be smart about our understanding of the times more than ever, and I hope you find my podcast to help you to that end. I want you to use the links to the words of the prophets you'll find in my show notes so you can hear what God is saying to us today. If you've benefited from what I shared today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. Purchasing my books and products is one way you can show your support, and it's my prayer that you, my listeners, will become supporters of this ministry. Donations are certainly accepted, but they're not tax-deductible, at least not at this time. So to express my appreciation, any gift of $25 or more, I'll send you one of my books autographed and personalized just for you. Or if you'd rather, I'll send you five of the Make America Godly Again high-quality vinyl bumper stickers. Please visit my web store and learn about all the products and services available through my ministry work. And when you purchase through my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, at checkout and you'll get 20% discount. Oh, and I don't want to forget, I'm coming up on my 100th podcast, which is Cause for Celebration. So I'm planning on giving away some of my books and more So be sure to listen in the next few shows leading up to the 100th edition to learn how you can be eligible to win a free gift to celebrate with me. And I want to remind you about my special page just for my listeners called Beyond the Podcast. Here's where we can connect and you can let me know more about you so I can better serve you. Also, don't forget to check out my blog. It's actually an extension of my podcast where I go into more detail on some of the content you hear on the podcast. And don't forget to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on the show notes and also on my website, faithtoliveby.com. 
I also invite you to sign up for my bi-monthly e-newsletter. The March-April edition was just published, so if you're not subscribed, you missed out on that. So be sure to sign up as soon as possible so you won't miss the next edition. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people, and also you partner with me in sharing the gospel. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.